Shalom, y'all. Thank you for your prayers, those of you praying for my sciatica. By the grace of God, feeling okay this morning. Hallelujah. I've entitled uh, the, uh, oh, okay. The, the uh, parasha for this morning is actually entitled Vizota Bracha, uh, Deuteronomy 33 and 34. Uh, I've entitled it for myself, Mountaintop Experiences. So this morning's parasha will complete the annual cycle of Torah readings. Uh, it, as I said, it covers Deuteronomy 33 and 34. And this is the blessing. Moses will soon die. God has told him as much. Because of his disrespect toward Adonai at Meribah, the striking of the rock and taking glory to himself, uh, he will not enter the promised land of Canaan, but only see it at a distance from atop Mount Nebo in neighboring Moab. But before that happens, there's important, unfinished business. As chapter 33 opens, Moses pronounces a blessing over the 12 tribes, a reiteration of what Jacob had prophesied over his 12 sons nearly 500 years earlier. The two blessings are different from one another, and some of those differences are significant. For example, Though Jacob pronounced judgment on some of his sons, there is only blessing here. Also, Shimon's name doesn't even appear here. What's up with that? Uh, Well, his land allotment would eventually be incorporated into Judah. And this is consistent with Jacob having prophesied that Shimon and Levi's descendants would be scattered in Israel. In verse 9, Moses praises Levi, the tribe of Levi, saying, who said of his father and mother, I did not consider them. And he did not acknowledge his brothers, nor did he regard his own sons. For they, the tribe of Levi, observed your word and kept your covenant. Now, if you didn't know your Bible, you might think that Moses was recommending that people hate their family. But of course, this refers to Israel's terrible, sinful debacle, the golden calf incident in Exodus 32. The Levites on that day were the only ones faithful to God and to Moses, though it meant putting to death 3,000 of their fellow Israelis, the men who led that rebellion. Some may have even been friends or family members. Wow. So how much has loyalty to Adonai and to Messiah cost you personally? I'm guessing not that much. In both blessings, both at the time of Jacob and now, in both blessings, Yosef, Joseph, is referred to as the one distinguished among his brothers. Now, Yeshua's human ancestry may have traced itself from the line of Judah, but his character, humility, one of wisdom, and the willingness to forgive his own who disowned him, all are foreshadowed in Joseph. And so one of Messiah's titles is Ben Yosef, the one who suffers, though innocent, and goes on to become the very source of their salvation. 
In chapter 34, Adonai summons Moses to the pinnacle of Mount Nebo, allowing him a brief panoramic view of the promised land and reminding him he won't be going in, but will die atop the mountain. I wonder if Moses told the people that he wasn't coming back when he left for the mountaintop. If so, can you imagine the sadness of such a send-off? I find it fascinating that for the third and final time, God and Moses are alone together on a mountaintop at what is a pivotal time. It was on top of a mountain that God first summoned and commissioned Moses to return to Egypt and to bring Israel out. It was atop a mountain that God gave Moses the tablets of the Torah. And now atop Mount Nebo, God allows Moses to view the promised land. In fact, all of it. We read, and the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, and all Naphtali in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the Negev and the plain in the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. It would be impossible for the human eye unaided to see from Mount Nebo all the way to the northern Israeli regions of Dan and Naphtali. In other words, God must have shown it to him in a supernatural way. And then he told Moses, this is the land that I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. There atop Pisgah in Mount Nebo, Moses dies. Scripture says that God buried him there, but that no one knows his burial place. Now, of course, Moses did eventually arrive in Israel. And again, on a mountaintop when he appeared with Elijah to Yeshua at the transfiguration. The signs and wonders God sent Moses to perform were, as of the time of the completing of the Torah, unparalleled in Israel. Yet of everything that might be said in Moses' honor, none is as significant, none as beautiful as the statement that God knew him face to face. But about those signs and wonders, the very last verses of the Torah are set apart as a reminder that what was promised in chapter 18 had not yet taken place. God had promised that one day he would raise up a singular, extraordinary prophet like Moses, and that this one would speak the words of God, and that Israel must give him their unqualified obedience. Yet, the Torah concludes with these words. Since that time, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face for all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to perform. So we've come to the end of the Torah and we're left still waiting for that one, that singular extraordinary prophet. And in synagogues around the world this morning, Our people likewise have come to the end of this very same Torah and are left waiting and wanting. However, Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, announced the wait was over when he declared, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. 
V'zot HaBracha describes the conclusion of Moses' earthly life. But if you'll take his words and the words of the prophets to heart and give your allegiance to Yeshua the Messiah, the very one of whom Moses spoke, it will mark the beginning of your eternal life. Like Moses, God wants you to come to know him and to enjoy communing with him. God wants that. But to experience it and to inherit eternal life, you must first agree to the terms of the new covenant. By repenting of your unbelief and transferring your love and loyalty to Messiah. My prayer is that you'll do so. And if you haven't, that you will do so today. Amen.